0: Same old shit, just a different day I should try to get it, each and every way Mama need a house, baby need some shoes Times are getting hard, Guess what I'ma do, do. Every Hustle, every hustle Coming live and direct right back at y'all again from the middle of the map You know where we at, Hustle City, STL Back with a real special episode today. This joint here might have you tugging. It might tug at your heartstrings, you know what I'm saying? But this is more of a personal one today, you know, for my boy Bobby. It's called Bobby's World. Take an in-depth look into the mind of the man, the myth, the soon-to-be legend, and my co-host. So, without any further ado, you know what I'm saying? Bobby, go ahead and... Get in
1: there. You already know what it is, man. It's your boy Bobby, aka Mr. Five One One, coming from where we come from. You can't spell hustle without STL, man. That was a hell of an intro. I appreciate that, brother.
0: For sure, man. You know, um, you had brought this idea up to me at first. I was like, maybe I'm just going to ask a bunch of random ass questions. But you had went to a uh, Ace Hood show, yeah, last week, and uh, you had told me some stuff that I didn't even remember that I knew. You say I knew, it. I of not but it was like, all right. So that made me think, all right, miss definitely more here. So let's go ahead, you know, get into it. Um, how was the show?
1: Bro, the show was dope. Um, the show was just full of energy front to back. There were a lot of uh, dope local acts, too, that I, wasn't, that I wasn't really familiar with, but they did their thing as well. Um, man, going to Ace Hood, that was definitely on my bucket list since I was like 15 or 16, because that was when um, his first album, Gutter, came out. Back when he was signed to we the best and man that was a dream come true um t- uh to see him live and uh go backstage and have a really good conversation with him for about a good five ten minutes so it was really dope i really appreciated him too
0: yeah i seen the uh video footage you had uh put out of you guys
1: talking yeah
0: i thought that was really dope that you got to uh lead on uh i don't know which guy was the manager or not but um Mm -hmm. I just seen all y'all parlaying in the bag, man. He's actually taller than I thought he was.
1: Yeah, he was only uh, like a couple of inches uh, taller than me. But like, no, he was a really uh, solid dude, man. Oh, uh, shout out to Dwan. Remember um, Dwan who, uh, um, he actually recorded uh, that uh, clip. That was the one that met all the artists who's been coming to St. Louis. And he also travels out of town. uh, I think I told you about him when we saw Joanna Lucas.
0: Oh, wait, wait, wait. Was he the one with the mic that night? What the hell, the mic with the uh, camera? Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I definitely remember. I yeah, he's the... again
0: in a different uh, situation. Right.
1: Before. Yeah, he was yeah. the one who definitely uh, recorded that. And it was just so dope of him. I didn't expect that to happen. All I wanted was just a picture and an autograph. And I got that, man.
0: Hey, man, that's dope, man. You know, uh, a lot of artists, you know, I don't really know how artists really feel about doing meet and greet, though. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really needed. It's uh, It's a way to get personal with your fans. Right. You know, it makes it personal and that makes it more all the more good for like fans like us that come out to y'all shows and see y'all and then we get to actually meet y'all, you know, Jordan Lucas. I know you got to meet him, uh I think the only artist I've met was with T I the dude that V I C the guy that made uh Wobble Baby Wobble a while ago.
1: Yeah, I remember you telling me that. Um Yeah, you mentioned Webby. that on, yeah, you mentioned on the first I episode.
0: Into, I feel like I bump into Webby like on accident. I don't know. It'd be simple like that nigga stuck to my hip or some shit, because I'd be <laughs> randomly somewhere and he'd come out of nowhere. Like the Galleria that one time, he was here, and I just turned around and bumped into somebody. I was like, who the hell? I look back, it's Lil Webby. <laughs> I was like, alright, whatever, bro. I'm sick of this happening, but cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, you know, throughout our friendship, I think I've heard you talk a lot, and really highly about Ace Hood. Yeah, And, um how his music is motivational to you. I wanted you to kind of expound, you know, on that more. Right. On how you perceive his music and what it, what makes you feel strongly about the motivation that he puts out there.
1: Ah, uh, man, there's a lot, but basically, um, to basically summarize that in a nutshell, I think Ace Hood, first of all, I just want to say right off the bat, Ace Hood is definitely one of the most underrated rappers in the game right now, which I think is a shame. I think he should be in the same conversation as guys like J. Cole and Kendrick, um, even Drake. But with his music specifically, what always motivates me, I mean, what actually, excuse me, not motivates, what relates, how it relates to me is he's just, I don't know, he's just so relatable and, like, he's very, like, going through a lot of trials and tribulations, which obviously we'll get to before we get to any more specifics. Like, just how I grew up, you know, how I, like, started, I'm not going to say like in the bottom, bottom, kind of like what you did, but it was pretty close. And like I had to really, I, lear- I had to learn how to be a man really quickly. Like I'm talking about, you know, even like I would say probably around I was in eighth grade, even before I was in high school, I had to learn to become a man very quickly, making sure my mother was okay. And um, because the la- I always say to myself, and I say this to a lot of my other closest friends besides you, that the last year I felt like I was a little kid was that I felt like I could enjoy my life as a kid was, um, I think it was like, yeah, I think it was, uh, after seventh grade, because I actually started working with my dad when I was 14, and that was when I had to learn about, you know, being financially responsible, but it really took a, you know, we'll we'll obviously get to the specifics later on, but, because there were a lot of trials and tribulations I had to go through after that, which I still listen to. That's an album by Ace Hood, um, called Trials and Tribulations. Um, that's the album I probably relate to the most from him, but, going back to what you asked about how his music motivates me that was the question right I just want to make sure we're on the same yeah. page yeah, yeah so um just how his music motivates me man is like whenever i'm there's a lot like you know about working out because he always puts out that workout music you know i like to make sure i stay healthy because um you know I'm, i might be going a little too far ahead of myself but i used to struggle a lot with my health um growing up and hey, everybody
0: when i met bobby he was a complete total fat ass
1: yeah no you're right about that <laughs> But um yeah, I looked like the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> but uh Nah man, besides that, I mean just like when I'm going through any struggle, you know, I always just bumped his music. Especially throughout college and late high high school. I mean he was only the one of the only few artists I really listened to. Yeah, you know, um
0: I think myself and probably I, I'm not, I can't speak for everybody, but
1: uh
0: I know for me Ace Hood, you know, I mean I caught on him back when I was living in, you know, the inner city. Like North Northside back when he uh it was kind of around the time where Khaled was really becoming more familiar with, like, you know, synonymous with our generation. Mm-hmm. When you had, like, Boosie and all pimps, you know, all them in his videos. Right. He kind of kicked that whole situation out where he was working with multiple artists. But I can't remember Ace Hood's first first song. But I remember Hustle Hard coming out. Yeah. And I remember the video for that.
1: hmm
0: And I was just like. Oh yeah, I like this. I like this. Like at that time I ain't really feel too many Florida artists that much. Um I think Ross around that time was just kind of getting his footsteps in too. And people was knowing him, and then you know he came out with a uh, hustling, but Ace Hood, he he had it on lock. He had Florida on lock for a while, and that's all I would hear about was Ace Hood. You go through the hoods, you hear them bumping his music and you know, hustle hard, and just like our podcast, our city. It's motivational when you hear that. Right. I feel like he always been an artist that had high energy. So uh, mm-hmm. I understand why you listen to him. You know, later in, in the last, like, most recent years, I kind of fell off listening to him, you know. Um, but uh, other than him uh, growing up, you know, having to learn how to be a man early, man, that's something I can definitely feel. Um, you know, like I always told you, like I told you, I lost my mother when I was six. Yeah. So I I, I had to kind of grow up a little bit early myself with mm-hmm. that and understand that. People come and go, uh, and that's just that's how that's, that's how it is. But um, I, you went into working with your father. I know you uh, worked at the gas station out there on Natural Bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel that experience, like the culture-wise, though? You know, seeing more of like my people working in a more inner-city dominated place. Yeah, how did that shape you? How do you feel that shaped you so far?
1: To be honest, man, like there were pros and cons to it but i felt like there were more cons to that experience because and just simply because i feel like there's a there's always a i feel like in some gas stations and like independent liquor stores that are owned by middle eastern um middle eastern folks like there's always a bad relationship for the most part between african americans and middle easterners i'm not saying that for everybody but i think overall that's the vibe i got because and I'm, I'm going to make this perfectly clear right now. I am not trying to be racist whatsoever because I did mention this on Twitter not too long ago, but I honestly feel like those type of stores, I wish there was a way that the government or something can get rid of them because I feel like with those stores in particular that are owned by Middle Eastern, they're actually ruining the black communities. And I was actually looking back at my experience. Um, I actually felt guilty about it, but I had no other choice but to work with my dad Um, In that situation, because a lot of those stores, I feel like are setting up African-Americans for um, for failure. And, you know, I'm a big advocate of the Black Lives Matter movement. And the reason why I say that is because I feel like a lot of those stores get away with selling drug paraphernalia like they do sell. uh, They sell hookahs and like, you know, obviously a lot of folks can put like just any kind of hard substance or drugs into those hookah pipes and they could smoke that. And, you know those grinders that they that people use. They can use that. And but yeah, you make me
0: feel like world, feel like I'm a
1: part of the drug because I'm <laughs> on a grinder for one of them before. No, no, no. But like uh, <laughs> that's how I feel about it. I mean, I just wish like in those. And that's hopefully why later on down the road we can do something to inspire the youth down there. And I'm willing to do that. That's something we can obviously talk about off the air. Yeah. To make a positive impact in in the hood, but. I mean, I'm not trying to be racist against my own people or anything like that. I'm going to make the like I said, I just want to make that perfectly clear again. But, like, there needs to be more stores that, like, you know, like an Aldi's or like a Schnucks or something. Just any grocery store, because a lot of, you know, a lot of those, uh, you know, a lot of African Americans, they will, they rely on those gas stations and those other independent liquor stores to buy their groceries. There isn't, like, a, a legit grocery store that, in the hood, that people can go to
0: yeah, really frequent on my life
1: yeah I yeah you all, but, uh, no you're good
0: that that's something that i as the podcast goes on um you'll hear me talking more about my efforts and my plans to start building things right so uh, some things i kind of got working out with one of my old homeboys mm-hmm. where we trying to get land to put like fresh markets and stuff like that in those areas man uh, yeah i want to go back to something that you said though right you said you feel that those stores uh mm-hmm are somewhat of a detriment to the black community in yeah. specific areas um mm-hmm. you know it's a lot of people not but my skin color my my you know my race they'll definitely agree um i don't really see you know i never really looked at it as a detriment i just felt like i feel the same way about it. and like he said I, in no way shape or form am i racist i will admit to being biased right bit, but me too. Bias, i feel like biasness is natural yeah because we are going to be for our own, but at the same time, I'm for everybody winning and I want to see everybody win. Oh, for sure. But I really want to see my people win. Yeah. But, um I've always felt that when you look at the city, you see multitude of businesses that aren't owned by people that look like me. Mm-hmm. So to hear you say something like that, that's like, I was wow. I was like, okay, that's crazy. Cause yeah. I don't never really, you know, I don't really see too many like, young guys that I knew. I knew some of the other younger guys that worked in those stores. Right. And all they thought about was really just making the money out of the community. They coming in buying their stuff, so
1: I mean, don't get me wrong, like there are some owners who are Middle Eastern that give African Americans the opportunity to work with, you know, to work yeah. with them or for them. But at the same time, it's like I know that a lot of African Americans can do better for themselves. True. But um, you know, going back to what I was saying about the pros and cons, you know, the pros were, you know, Luckily in uh, Normandy, I'm not sure if the law still applies that today, but you cannot sell any hard liquor at all in uh, Normandy. So I was actually lucky in, you know, in that regard, mm-hmm. but yeah, you you were not allowed to sell any hard liquor. You could sell beer or wine, but you can't sell like any hard liquor. And I'm not really familiar with names of liquor uh, cuz I like, cause, yeah, cuz I, I don't drink. Obviously I don't drink personally. Yeah. So um but yeah, you couldn't sell any hard liquor in Normandy. I'm not sure if that changed because it's been Man, it's been. Uh, let me think. It's been about. Yeah, it's been about a good ten years since I've uh, worked at a gas station. So. Um. So that was that was the good that was the good thing about. It. Of course, you know, I keep in touch with um, some of the customers I was really cool with. Um. Yeah, man. But all I can say is that I mean, I got a message too for like the fathers, uncles, grandfathers who own. Do not put your, minor children, grandchildren, nephews in that situation because you're. I know you have that mentality that says you want to be closer to them, but you're making the relationship worse in the long run. And you're going to put those kids into trouble. And I'm going to give you an example in a second. Because what happened was um, my little cousin, who's about 10 years younger than me, um, one of his best friends uh, was working for, I can't remember if it was like a stepfather or uncle, but it was somebody he was related to. He was only 17 years old. And he got killed in a drive-by shooting for something that he was not involved in at all. And my little cousin was devastated for like a couple of months after that. Do not put your, do not put any minors in that situation. Let them enjoy life. Let them play ball. Whatever they want to do, do not put your kids in that situation. Because you're actually putting them in trouble and you're making the relationship between them and your relatives worse in the long run. That's
0: I feel you on that. I I definitely feel you on that. You told me that story before. Uh, You know, man. Like I said, I grew up in in what we call the hood and Northside specifically. I know. I frequented a lot of those stores. Yeah, they tend to have some shady characters. You, I, I feel like you got everywhere you go. There's pros and cons to dealing with any community. I don't care if it's just all white, all black, all Arab, all whatever. Every race, whether they like to admit it or not. We got those people we notice in our culture that just, and I'm gonna just say it flat out, just ain't shit. They right. just how they are. They fucked up, or yeah. it's more deeper than that. But, um, yeah, that you know, I always would see like the younger kids working in there too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I always wondered how they how they how they felt about working in those communities because. The crazy thing is one of those kids actually went to school where I went to school. I went to school in Parkway. Oh, okay. A lot of my other friends, they went to school in the city. So I was out west in West County, Ball and all that area going to school. And I would see them when I come back and they working at um one of the stores around the corner from where I stayed. I knew one of them would tell me all the time that he said it just feels it's crazy. It's like at home, it's not like this. Yeah. It's quiet. You don't hear gunshots going off randomly. Right. You don't hear... Random fights and stuff like that, and I understood, you know. Mm-hmm. I wasn't mad at him for saying nothing that because that's just sometimes that's what it is, but the hood ain't always that. But you do have those places, those situations where you just got to be vigilant and watch out, especially when you got your younger kids in these uh areas because you never know, it could be them, right? Well, it ain't got no eyes and it ain't got no name. But uh, how old were you when you started working for your dad?
1: I was uh 14, 14, I was 14, yeah.
0: That was right up in the uh, Normandy area, uh, right before you get to uh UMSL, right?
1: Actually just a couple of miles down the street from Umso. Yeah. Right yep. Yeah.
0: We went to that exact gas yeah station too, I forgot. We did, we, yeah. We went there one night. Yep. Uh
1: it was about I think at the time that was about two years after. Yeah. Yep.
0: That was the that's like right it was right down the street from my barbershop, actually. Uh, shout out to Leroy's. Mm-hmm. Uh where I used to go. I haven't been there in a while now. Nah. Um Yeah, that area. It's definitely a. It's definitely a. Well, it ain't like it used to be. I can say it's more controlled now. Yeah, that part of it is definitely more controlled now. Right, you got uh, cops always going through it because you got um, UMSU growing rapidly back into back towards the city a little bit more, which is which is cool in my opinion, but um. I know between the two of us, you know, we always frequent shows, but you frequent them more than I do. We'll go on a little lighter note for a second. in mm-hmm. Bobby's world. Sure. Uh, all the artists you've met. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I didn't know this. Yeah. But you met Benny the Butcher.
1: Yes, I did. And
0: I'm pissed. y'all. I'm pissed. The Butcher coming. <laughs> I'm pissed. Because I thought I could have sworn that was just a regular show. Motherfucker. I ain't know it was a meet and greet show.
1: You didn't see the picture I posted?
0: No, I don't remember none of this. The whole time I was sitting there tipsy because I had wine earlier. (laughs) I was sitting there thinking about that. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't remember this nigga posting the picture about or with Benny the Butcher. I just remember him sending me the video of West Side Gun coming out. And I was like,
1: nobody expected that.
0: I was gonna actually do that the intro. I was gonna do (laughs) that. Make my ADHD act up like bad if I hear him. uh, But out of all the artists you've met, yeah, top three favorite artists meet and greets.
1: Top three favorite meet and greets. Man, that's tough. This is no particular order, by the way. Um, I'm gonna say Joyner Lucas because that was the very first meet and Mm. greet I've ever been to. Shout out to Joyner.
0: Shout out to Joyner.
1: Uh, my second one, it wasn't necessarily a meet and greet, but I still had the honor and privilege to meet him after the show. That was Rakim. Yeah, I remember you telling me you waited outside the building. I did, yeah. I met, you met Rakim. I met Rakim. That's, that's
0: dope, though. Like, yeah, shout that's to Rakim. OG status. Yeah,
1: shout out to Rakim, one of my top ten favorite artists of all time. Um, definitely an influence of um, making me a fan of hip hop and honestly last but not least bro um ace hood
0: yeah i can definitely tell uh the emotion in the video like the way y'all look together though Mm -hmm. you can tell it was a real like i don't know the correct word i want to use with this but uh
1: i would say it was definitely a real genuine genuine
0: you can tell he really cares about his fans yeah so he ain't one of them Asshole artists that'll just smile with you and take a photo. I feel like Drake could do that, but if you, if you listen to this podcast, it's gonna be a lot of Drake hate. It's gonna be a lot of Drake love and Drake hate. I got a love hate relationship with that bastard. <laughs> don't know why he don't even know it yet, but I'm coming.
1: You know you're gonna cry in happiness if you ever meet him.
0: For like two seconds before I punch him.
1: No, more like ten minutes. I'm not gonna say two seconds.
0: I'm like five seconds before I think about punching him because I just want to know where is Kendrick Lamar slander coming from.
1: You mad? Cause
0: we ain't gonna get into that. Uh, <laughs> you met quite a few artists, though. Yeah, man. I didn't even know all of them. Uh, what in the world was I about? I don't forget, bro. You gonna have to start filling in for a second. My no, head, you're, girl. Cause you're good. Because my head is like blanking right now. No, you're good. Because I'm still thinking about this Benny the Butcher situation. I'm
1: like, right.
0: You know, I'm trying to remember where I seen the picture, but I did probably. You Knowing me. Mean? Yeah, this is what ADHD looks like. If it, it's called object permanence, if it's not in front of me, I ain't thought about it—not one bit. So if anybody out there, if you think I, I I talk to you, you my friend, I call you my brother. No, I love you. I just—if you ain't right in front of me, I'm gonna forget until I remember, which most days is me having to force myself. But anyway, this is Bobby's world, not my world. Uh,
1: you're good, brother.
3: We came up with a podcast
0: that mm. you're obviously on right now.
3: Yeah.
0: I'm not going to ask any
3: stupid questions, but this is just, this is just me being silly right now. Uh.
1: <laughs> it's natural though.
0: <laughs> when would you say was the moment you knew mhm. You were definitely a fan of hip hop. Over anything else.
1: Over anything else? Yeah. A fan of hip hop. Kind of like what I told you on the um very first episode, man. Uh when I was uh when I was about seven or eight. Uh back when I first heard uh, Eminem and uh, Jay Z. Okay. Yeah.
0: Mm. You know,
3: um I give Eminem shit, but uh
0: I think we already did our like top five dead or alive, didn't we?
1: I asked you. No, I remember I asked you before about your top five from St. Louis specifically. Yeah. I don't think I ever asked you like a top five uh, dead or alive.
0: Overall, top five dead or alive. I know we had this conversation multiple times.
1: I know we've had it off the air multiple times. I don't think I ever revealed it on the podcast.
0: So let's get that Bobby's World top five dead or alive.
1: Top five dead or alive. Eminem, Jay-Z, Nas, Pac, and Biggie.
0: Eminem, Jay-Z, Nas,
1: Pot, and Biggie. Mm-hmm. Not right. I'm going make this clear right now. I mean, not right now, but Dead or Alive.
0: Dead or Alive, yeah.
3: I, I dead or Alive, yeah, over all time. Yeah. Uh, let me phrase it like this then. Sure.
0: I'm breaking it into two parts. So, okay. your okay. top five hip-hop artists. Mm-hmm. So, I'm talking about MCs, real MCs. Okay. And then top five rappers where it can include anything, you know, like gangster rap or trap rap, you know, future is probably one of my favorites in trap rap. So Mm
1: -hmm. like, honestly, man, like the top five dead or alive, those are pretty much the top five MCs right there. I'm gonna keep that the same, but like top, I'm gonna give you my top five, like, I guess current rappers, I guess is a good way to put it, who I, um, who actually were influenced, by, you know, the top five dead or alive I just mentioned. Um, so obviously, and again, this is no particular order, but definitely Ace Hood is up there. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with uh, Drake, for sure, because Drake definitely made an impact since he came into the game. Uh, J. Cole. Um, Kendrick. Right. Shout out to Kendrick. Oh yeah! Happy ten year anniversary to Good Kid, M.A.D. City. By the way.
0: Yes, and, sir. I still, you know what? I just want to find that minivan. <laughs> I don't prefer to any Grand Caravan. anymore more like a Dodge minivan. I'll call it the Kendrick Lamar van. Yeah, I, I'm
1: dead. Yep. And uh, let's say I got one more, right? Because that was four. That yeah, was, that's was four. That was four. Uh, one more. I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with Big Cret. Yes, sir. Shout out to Big Cret, who I who I also met too. See
0: he, now he's just throwing this shit in my face. It's alright though. I'm gonna meet all of them at some point. Um, you you've seen Crit on a couple occasions, right?
1: Yeah, I went to uh, two of his shows.
0: Yeah, I know he was coming for back and back for a little minute. Um, favorite
1: color? Favorite color?
0: Just go, man. Just just talk. We.
1: Oh, got you. This is just okay. I got you. Just random things about me. Uh, black.
0: He looked me deep in my eyes when he said that. That was kind of gay. I don't know what
1: he he I wanted to see how you reacted after I said that.
0: But uh, I ain't (laughs) even black. I'm like brownish red. Uh, Oh, yeah, you're chocolate.
1: Okay. All
0: right. (laughs) This is about to get canceled. (laughs) Um, We talked about,
3: you know, your upbringing a Mm -hmm. little bit. Yeah. But. Let's get into, uh, you
0: know, something that I think a lot of people suffer. I don't don't really like the word suffer. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people deal with it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't talk about it. Right. Kind of been stigmatized, you know, at some point before now Mm -hmm. to talk about mental, uh, health period. Yeah. You know, a lot of our old school parents and no shade to them. This was just a lack this due to a lack thereof of knowledge, uh, refuse to acknowledge and address some of the issues they see in their children because I don't say because but they were probably dealing with it at one point too Mm -hmm. probably still are but uh, I know with our generation you know we were kind of the generation to bring it out to be like hey you know this is a thing Mm -hmm. and talking about it definitely makes it better I didn't believe it at first but I had somebody in my life that made me talk about it and just talk and over time I felt better You know, I'm a big proponent for therapy. For sure. Um, At one point, I know you've told me and talked to me about you being depressed at one point in your early life. Yeah. Uh, Touch on that for a second.
1: Sure. Um, Man. Oh, bro. So there were a lot of things that made me really depressed. And I kind of still feel like this to this day a little bit. But I'm... Like I'm actually, so I'm actually number three out of four siblings. I was the third one born. I got two older sisters and a younger brother, but I was the only one who um, was actually born in St. Louis, out of all four of them. Both my sisters were born in Milwaukee, and my brother was actually born in Kansas City, but um, I was born in North County, um, in St. Louis. So I was born in a predominantly, even though the area was, even though the area I grew up in for a couple years was diverse, um, it was still a lot more African American. Um, people, because I was born in Hazelwood on Florida in that area, and then um, moved to Kansas City when I was two, then moved back here after my grandfather, God rest his soul, passed away um, while I was in fifth grade, and yeah, like I said, man, a few years after that, I started working with my father, and that that was actually when I felt like my social life was kind of taken away from me. Because I never really had that many friends until I went to college, but uh man i was I was going through a lot bro, like I went like I had a lot of um acne, like my acne got really bad, I was overweight throughout my childhood up until I was like sixteen. I got to the point where I actually weighed over two hundred pounds when I was about sixteen. I almost had to take high uh, blood pressure medication, and then that's when I started eating healthier, but uh. But about, but yeah, man. For about a couple of years while I was in high school, yeah, I mean that was from my from the end of my sophomore year to the first semester of my senior year. That w- those were probably the two worst years of my life. Um, especially when I started driving. But I think the part. Well, actually, let me go. Let me actually go before that. Before I get to that, but I mean, just the fact that like i with my dad like six, even sometimes seven days a week that was really hard on me and really stressful at times. And, you know, going to college, you know, full time and working at the gas station was definitely a struggle of mine. Like I barely, I missed a lot of like family events, a lot of uh, family gatherings. And I don't know. I just asked, I still ask myself to this day, I'm not blaming any of this on my mom, but there are some, there are some times when I always just wanted to ask my mom, like, you know, why couldn't you have like done anything to like, Stop me from working there. You know, why couldn't you have just encouraged me to continue? Because I did play baseball, actually, growing up when I was in Kansas City. I played baseball. I played a little bit of soccer, even though I was a slow runner, as, as, a, as, you know, chunky as I was. Like I said, I looked like the Pillsbury Doughboy. And I played basketball for, like, one season, believe it or not. I don't think I ever told you that. But J. Cole,
0: I, but body's I, coming for
1: you. Man, no, I suck at basketball. <laughs> J, J, J. Cole would have, it would be, like, 30-0 to zero if I was playing against J. Cole. But no, nah, man, going back, um, yeah, man, that point from, like, I would say from, like, 15 to 17 was definitely rough for me. Like I said, I had really bad acne. Um, I had to take medica- I took some medication for it, too. That really messed up my mental health.
0: That was that Accutane, right? It was Accutane, yeah. Yeah, I remember you and Jackie telling me about that shit.
1: Man. Yeah, Accutane was definitely a powerful medication that I had to take because... I didn't actually take that medication right. I was supposed to eat it with food, but I ended up taking it with just water.
2: Mm.
1: I didn't believe... I thought it was completely, you know, bullshit that, like, you had to take it with, you know, food. I just thought, like, taking it with water was okay. But it definitely made my uh, skin a lot more dry and, like, it made my acne even more severe at first because, according to the doctor, he said that was naturally what was going to happen because your body's not used to it. But, um, yeah, man, going back to the point where we were talking about... I felt like I was at my lowest. Um, let me see. Sorry, man. Let me just uh, get my thoughts straightened out.
3: Hey, take your time. I appreciate it.
1: So it was actually, um, it was actually on Christmas Day of two thousand nine, and I I had to work that day with my father. Not surprise, surprise. Uh, I was driving home. And it it was a cold day, you know, it didn't snow or anything like that, but uh, on that particular day, I actually almost died twice because what had happened was I was actually about to pass my high school and the light was, the stoplight was turning um, from green to red. So I just, you know, I pushed on my brake normally, but I actually slid on um, a patch of uh, black ice. And what had happened was my car made like a, kind of like a C shape. Yeah. Yeah. And I, my car actually was only a couple feet away from hitting a stop uh, a stoplight pole. I guess I think I guess is a good way to call it. And I was like, I oh, don't know. I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, like my heart was like, like I had so much adrenaline in me. And this is the point. Like, I know I kind of talked about earlier when, um, when I was like fat, and I almost had to take blood pressure medication and all that. But this is when I actually I actually became really really skinny. Not too long after that. Cause I thought like, cause I barely ate anything for a while and, but anyway, going back to that story, um, yeah, man. So I almost hit that stoplight pole. Luckily there were some people who were nice enough to help me just back up, kind of guiding me back and all that. Yeah. Cause I've never been in that situation ever in my life.
0: Yeah. that Black ice is a, yeah. is a, it's a crazy thing. I remember one day on my way into work to see Yeah. Ice. Right, I think I might be a little insane in the head or something. <laughs> I would to, mm. for some reason, I hit a black patch of ice and just drifted and was like happy. Yeah, felt like I was in Tokyo drift. But yeah, back on a serious note, mm-hmm. I, I I never knew that 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 part at all. Yeah,
1: but um, so I was driving home, uh, same day, just driving. I was only like ten minutes away from my house. Drove back home, and then I get home, and I, at that point, man, I was just like. I was like, "Fuck it! Like, I'm done with, I'm done with all this bad luck that's been happening to me for so long. Like, I was just tired of living. So, and like I said, this was on Christmas Day of that year. That was actually the detail I never told you about. Yeah, wasn't that was that specific day? Like, throughout our friendship, I don't think I've ever told you that. So, I get home and nobody's at the house at all. I'm the only one home. So, I actually go to the kitchen. Uh, I just grab a knife. And I felt like going somewhere like not – I didn't want to go somewhere that was obvious to uh, – because basically what I was trying to do was I was basically trying to kill myself. Yeah. And I thought like stabbing my chest was the best spot to do it. But, um, yeah. So uh, I go down – so I went to the basement. And I tried doing that. And then something in my conscience just told me, you know, don't do it. And – I don't know if I was hallucinating, but I saw somebody, I saw like, (laughs) this is going to sound silly, but this is the honest to God truth. I felt like I saw like a spirit just telling me like, you know, don't do it. You know, you got so much in your future. Um, You're going to be blessed. Like it just basically told me like I was going to be blessed in the future, near future or whatever. And um, yeah, this is where Ace Hood comes in, man. Because actually Ace Hood was actually the very first person, um, like even before my family about me almost killing myself on Christmas Day. Like, I'm talking about that specific detail right there that I just told you. Like, Asa was actually the very first person I told that to. Because I felt like... Because I felt like when I told him that, like, he would understand me. Because I know he went through a lot of trials and tribulations and struggles based on his music. And based on his catalog. And then, um, you know, going back to that meet and greet experience, man, he gave me, like, a genuine hug a couple of times. And... I just can't thank him enough, man, for, like, the music he's put out and how much he still motivates me to this day. And I really hope he hears this. I mean, we're obviously going to do everything in our power to make sure that he does because I I honestly can't thank him enough. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I thank God first and foremost, obviously. You know, but, um, man, just looking back at that, at that time, you know, the best thing, you know, Mike, the thing I learned from that experience, bro, was just I guess, talk to somebody you trust about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, But I didn't tell my mom about me killing myself until I was like 25. So it took me about a good five, six years. No, actually more than that. I take that back. It took me about a good seven or eight years for me to tell her that. So.
0: Yeah, you know, that's one of those things that's uh, difficult to talk about. It's really difficult to hear your friends say anything like that. It's always just like, damn. Right. But I've had a couple of my friends tell me that, you know, uh, at one point in my life, I always thought that people going through like depressive moments or whatever was just a phase. Because mm-hmm. my parents were saying it's just a phase. They just acting like they ain't really yeah, like
1: that. They'll change when they get older. Yeah, I mean, that's how I felt too. And you think, yeah. you know, you, you just yeah. see this
0: person carrying on until something happened, and you'd be like, well, damn, it wasn't a phase. It was like they really. Yeah. Meant that. Like uh, right. um I think about the people I think about the artists that people listen to a lot that put out music that we call sad like specifically Juice World, right? Yeah. It, you know, you listen to his music enough, you kinda catch on to this like theme of just like me not being here I'm not I don't wanna be here coming from his music. And then you will I you know, I will w- I watched a couple of interviews with like uh G Herbo and
1: mm-hmm.
0: um God, Lord, why am I going to say Billy the Kid? What the fuck? What <laughs> is this dude's name? Bibby. Bibby, okay. And both of them agreed. They felt like he really wanted to die. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't nothing they can do because they didn't know when or where they were going to have to be to stop him. But, it, you know, depression is a real deal thing. So yeah. I tell everybody, bro, don't play with this mental health thing. Um, no, don't. Me, myself, I've had my episodes. I struggle with anxiety and OCD bad. Mm. Mm-hmm. I never really been too much on the depressed side. I've had my little bouts and moments where I be down for a couple of days. Um But um Hell man, and I don't care what you're dealing with, you know. Uh, I always know that I'm a safe space, bro. Mm-hmm. where you can come and talk. I don't give a fuck what I'm doing, talk.
1: Yeah. No, I appreciate uh, that.
0: I tell everybody that I don't give a shit what I'm doing if you out in the streets and you just having a moment and you need somebody to talk to. If you know who I am or you don't know who I am, talk. Yeah. Cuz I would want somebody to save me in a moment of just like pure just panic, depression, whatever the hell it may be. I would always want to be. I still live by that golden rule of treat people how you want to be treated. I feel like life is simple as the shit they told you in kindergarten and this is just one of them. This is one example of it. like you got to be willing to listen to people. Treat them how you want to be treated. Talk to people, man. Right. We gotta talk. Uh Yeah, you know, health, uh, mental health has always been something that's kind of been stigmatized around our generation. But I think our it was more so from the parents mm-hmm. than it is the kids, because we the ones that go to school with each other every day. We talk to each other every day. So yeah, you know, I'm glad you didn't, because that mean I would have definitely had some weird ass co
1: hosts. <laughs> no I appreciate that oh, man
0: shit that mean I would have probably been working with just Dale god <laughs> damn I'm glad you ain't do that at all <laughs> and Allen's old ass yeah Alan. Allen was will see now
1: shout out to Dale and Allen though man they were uh, definitely two of the nicest guys we we knew
0: Allen doesn't even know where he is right now <laughs> I can guarantee you that Alan was shaking and old when I got there so I'm pretty sure he don't know where the hell he was at he probably wasn't even sure if he was at Sears what was that
1: code he called A uh, code seven. A oh, code seven, yeah. <laughs> I think he met code two for an that, approval. Yeah.
3: Is a code seven. All right. Man, that was uh, funny. Yeah, man. Um I'm trying to think. Anything I missed yet.
1: Feel free to No no you're good. Go on and just no, say good. anything while I'm like just No, you're busy. good. I uh, mean... I can say this, man, because I know a lot of people are struggling out there with mental health. Like, first of all, no matter how small it is, talk to, like I said, talk to somebody about it. I mean, talk to somebody about it. If you feel like there is something going on in your life that's impacting you in a negative way, just talk to somebody. You know, talk to talk to your neighbor you're close to. Talk to, you know, talk to somebody in your family who takes you seriously. You know, don't take mental health for granted. Because, you know, I did, and that was one of the worst mistakes I made in my life.
0: Hey, that's, you know, that's that's, that's real. That's real shit, though. I, uh, I I tell people, don't take people for granted, bro. I know in this generation, it just seems like, you know, you can always replace somebody or... Right. You, you just on to the next, fuck them and all that. It, it, it's not that. You know it's not that. Stop walking around trying to be hard all the time and think right. you can do everything by yourself. The greatest people in the world have always... Are all if you re go back and look at their story, mm-hmm. they all have had help at some point. Right, it's nothing wrong with having help, bro. You have to. Sometimes you just need somebody to kick you in your ass. Yeah, somebody to pick you up and just be like, "Look, we finna get through this." Because that ain't that. That whole walking around not caring shit and just
1: yeah, that ain't right. That
0: that shit ain't cool. I'm never gonna be one of them people. I might get in my feelings and not say nothing right away, but know that I care at the end of the goddamn day. But it's a, it's a lot of things, man. That go into you know, mental illness. But that's the one thing I, I I love about music. Right, music for some reason seems seems to just transcend all that. And everybody who has these issues, that's the reason why I'm thankful for people like Eminem, like granted, M Get the flag. He gets the flag that he gets. But me and you both can attest if we if he hadn't have made songs like Stan. right. Or I am the way I am. And all those, like, the sorry mama. Had not came out with him, we would have never knew who he really was. And it would have never, tr- you been able to, we would never identify with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, music I, is always going to be something I feel has really, really good healing powers. But don't rely on it just alone, folks. Go out there. Get, yeah. Find a therapist, bro. Right. Find somebody to talk to. I don't care if you're in your 30s. Talk <laughs> to somebody, because... We all have those days and those weeks and those hours and those months where we everything just seems off. Mm-hmm. Talk, bro, talk.
1: Yeah, I mean going back to, to the Music Man like of course, you know like I said besides God, you know it's always God first for me. Um like I said I told you this I think on you know the last episode Wayne and Pock. Wayne Crackle and, Pac.
0: Wayne, Crackle, and
1: Pac. Um I think I told you on that episode that you know hip hop is was one of those things that I guess brought my confidence back up like it just made me it actually helped me uh stand up for myself because I was bullied a lot too that was another reason why I was so depressed and I was actually more so bullied by a lot of again not trying to be racist but I was bullied a lot more by you know white and middle eastern folks believe it or not
0: you can't let any of these white boys
1: bully you, Bobby. No, not anymore. No, I'm I'm good now. I mean, shoot, hip hop helped me throw my first punch. I will I say that.
0: A white kid tried to bully me at Parkway. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Michael Kalamitsiotis. I <laughs> hope you hear this, bitch, because <laughs> you got exactly what you deserve. I got suspended, but whatever. Cause you know, gangster since I came out the womb. But now, nah, um, that was gonna be my next question, actually. Um,
2: yeah,
0: what? Would you say the role that hip hop has played in your life has been extremely valuable?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's why I'm always, that's why I try to go to these meet and greets too, just to thank the artists for helping me in life. Because like a lot of the artists, like I mentioned, like um, like the few like Rakim, Joyner, and Ace Hood. You know, I also met Big Crit, You know, Benny the Butcher. Like I said, and those guys, you know, they all uh, really um, motivated me to be the person I am today. And like I said, man, like, kind of like, you know, kind of like with Eminem's story, because I remember he was on Sway, you know, Sway in the morning, or he was, he had an interview yeah. with Sway. I don't think it was on Sway in the morning, but I think it was, he had an interview with Sway after Kamikaze dropped. And he even said, like, hip-hop was one of those things that was kind of like a guidance for him that made him, uh, that made him feel, like, more powerful and, like, succeed in life. So that's how I felt. I kind of feel the same way about it. Like I said, you know, Ace Hood is one of those artists you know, for the sake of this episode, since I am dedicating it to Ace Hood personally, especially after meeting him, and I actually made that decision after meeting him at Pops during his uh, Protect Your Energy tour.
0: Yeah, I love the name of that, though. Yeah. That, that's my that's my thing. Protect Your Energy. Yeah.
1: Man. You know, just the fact that he was willing to just meet him having that talk for a few minutes, man, that really, it felt like an hour, to be honest. It felt longer than, um, than I was actually back there. And, um, yeah, man, just him showing a lot of love and Motivation meant a lot to me, and that's why I can't wait for him to, you know, talk to us.
0: Yeah, that's
1: uh, well, your cat's
0: out the bag now, nah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he just let the cat out the bag. Yeah,
1: my bad, y'all.
0: He never supposed to give him drugs first, he was supposed to get the money, then give him yeah. the drugs. Bobby,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad, bro. Yeah, there, um, uh, my bro, bad, bro.
0: Bobby wouldn't talk. Well, during his meeting with Ace said he yeah. asked him, would he be on the podcast would he be interested? Mm-hmm. And we got a re- really, really good answer back. So yeah. I'm going to let y'all with that. I'm not saying no more. You know, I'm game a, yeah, that was so, my so. fault. That's my so. bad, bro. Uh, Bobby Big Lips. <laughs> Same him <laughs> over here. Just... We gonna have to go back to the hood and just I'm gonna have to let you listen to them. Let the drug dealers teach you how it go, Bobby. It's the money first, then the
1: drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, but um, yeah, man, that that's definitely something we're looking forward to doing for sure. Probably gonna wind up having to travel to Miami for that.
1: Right, I'm open to that, too. which is
0: fine. Cause I, I mean, yeah. I probably can break in DJ Khaled house or something while I'm down. there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Still a couple tracks, and then <laughs> I'm gonna steal the Drake vocals. <laughs> <laughs> still every weed the best sign I can find I just rob him for some of his Jordans you know what I'm saying <laughs> I ain't no kill. you know I don't kill I steal but uh, you knew this podcast is kicking off I'm glad to do this with you wouldn't do it with nobody else man appreciate you you know what I'm saying you the only person I feel like they got that I know they got the you know this type of like knowledge you know and music and Mm-hmm. So we share the same You know some of the same views when it comes to this I'm the person I'd rather talk to about all this And not just music Uh, Social issues too
1: Yeah just life in general Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. He's always been somebody I can talk about that with So why not do a podcast with him right.
3: uh, Bobby I don't know what else to say bro I literally
0: don't like my brain has been blanking out. all
1: Yeah, you're, you're good, I bro. I think it's
0: because I ain't been getting enough sleep.
1: Probably, probably that wine anymore. you just drank too.
0: Hey, you know wine is so good. <laughs> wine is really, really good to me. This damn thing behind me is making that noise again.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm open, man. You can ask me whatever. It can be it doesn't have to be music related. it Can be open, just anything. I'm open. So
0: I know you like the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, you know, a fan of it? Or,
1: I'm you know, a supporter. A supporter.
0: Yeah. Advocate. Uh, what's the word I'm really looking for? what is that one word that I'm really, really looking for? Uh, They always use it when they talk about ally An ally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're an ally of that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Me personally, the, the gimmicky black lives matter movement, the one where they had the organization, black people don't get mad at me when I say this, but fuck them. I don't like them people at all. And it ain't because they sexuality or none of that. That ain't got nothing to do with it. It's, if you know, you know. If you don't, you broke. But if you know, you know. And you know why I don't like them. <laughs> I, I agree with the sentiment. I don't agree with the organization itself. But I agree with the sentiment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, You were here in St. Louis when uh, 2014 came around. Mike Brown was tragically murdered. Yeah. Um, I wasn't. My mom wouldn't let me come back home right when it happened at all. Because she didn't want me caught up in the confusion of all that. Um... Well, you, you was at Sears still at the time, right?
1: Yeah, man, I was a, I was actually at Sears on that day that okay. happened, but um, I actually I'm gonna be honest, I didn't know about it until I got home that night because I remember I was closing that night. I didn't get home until about maybe around 9:30 because you know we closed at 9 p.m. at Sears, and like nobody talked about it at work, like nothing, because you know that happened early that morning, and I was still working around the time of you know RIP to Mike Brown, you know when he, you know when he got shot. Like I said, nobody talked about us here. I didn't hear it at the mall, like nothing. I didn't hear about it until I actually looked up on Facebook and people, you know, some, some of my other closest friends, man, they were posting on Facebook and I saw my timeline. And I was like, oh, man, this is serious. And...
0: Yeah, I was watching all the way from Tennessee at the time. Uh... <laughs> I'm not going to keep talking about myself because it's called Bobby's World, but these these little side stories tie into. Bobby and right up, leading up to me, right around, right around the time I met him. But uh, yeah, I was in Tennessee the time watching. I was trying to come home. I was like, oh no. Nah. You know what really made me mad after the fact that I found out, I didn't know this mm-hmm. at first. I just thought they somebody burned down the Quick Trip where Jeezy had took a photo in front of it. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I'm like, why did he take a photo on front of Quick Trip? Maybe he really liked Quick Trip. Then somebody <laughs> tell me what Quick Trip it was. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, you black bastards. This was my favorite Quick Trip. <laughs> and then somebody's like, bro, you missing the whole point. A black kid was murdered, and then they went into telling me that, and I was like, oh, well, alright, now I'm mad, but uh, how, what would you say at that time when that took place, how, what would you say like the, the, the city, the feeling in the city was? Was it kind of eerie? Kind of scary, nobody knowing what was going to happen?
1: It was a lot of, uh, man, there were a lot of emotions that happened during that time. And people were, I mean, obviously, I could, you know, from what I've, what I've seen both personally and on, uh, and on television, like people were obviously depressed, emotional. And I want to comment on something too about the protest, especially, the, you know, the shout out to those who were trying to stay peaceful about the whole situation and just trying to stay positive, especially the women and children that were involved in the protest. Man, like, and I want to say this too, man, it was a di- there was so much diversity during those protests. It, was one ju- it wasn't just black people that were protesting. There were people of all races that were protesting. I actually went to one protest with, uh, you know, Riley B. Shout out to Riley B. Uh, I went with him to one on uh, Ferguson, um, on New Forest and Road, which was you? right down the street from, just right down the street from UMSL you know, we were just marching for a minute, um, on that road. Yeah, man, there was like so much diversity, but people are just, people were, there was just so much hate and racism though during that time because people thought like, I haven't heard this at Chesterfield Mall a few times. Like people thought, you know, black people, you know, are crazy I'm saying like as a whole, not just a specific group. I'm talking about like as a whole, I mean, obviously, you know, the whole city was depressed, especially in Ferguson and, uh, other parts of North County in the city. So I mean it was a it was an emotional three or four months for a lot of people until they decided not to indict um Darren Wilson during that time. So Yeah. Yeah, by the time they got to
0: like the whole indictment part, I was uh just now getting I was at that point I was just then getting back to St. Louis. I had a state in Tennessee after I graduated and I came back the next year mm-hmm. and um I was riding with my dad and he was like, Yeah, this this
3: this shit is crazy. Yeah.
1: Um it was only after uh it was actually after only less than three months after I graduated from Umso. Mm,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, that's when it happened. I think Umso's enrollment went down for the next uh, couple of years after that too. I don't blame her, man. You know, anytime you
0: have a situation like that in a specific city, uh I know that kind of scares off a lot of people. Yeah. And um Yeah, that that was one of them situations, man, that was just kinda terrible to watch. I mean right. you when know, you see it, when you come from this area and you see it mm-hmm. you wave somewhere else, kinda weird just watching it. But um speaking of that whole situation, you know, you turn around a few years later, but this is kinda aimed towards uh your side of things we've been Palestinian, um yeah with the Issues in Palestine, man. Mm-hmm. I know we had the protests. That was what was it like? Few years later, remember? Like eight, four, four years later.
1: I mean, there've been uh, there've been protests on and off yeah. after that. Not, I mean, nothing consistently. But um, the most recent protest I went to was actually almost a year and a half ago.
2: Okay,
1: it was actually um, during Ramadan when um, the Israeli soldiers were attacking the people who were praying in, um, you know, the mosque over there. The Dome of the Rock is what they call it. And, uh, you know, one of the, I think it's one of the top three holistic, most holistic uh, uh mosques in the world. And um, I remember going to it back in 2000, because that was the last time I went over there. It was just an emotional few weeks for people. I mean, people from all over the uh, world were actually protesting. Like, there were over a million people in London alone that protested for that. St. Louis, man. I mean, St. Louis, I w- I'm going to be honest, I was disappointed overall in St. Louis for... I mean, shout out to those who protested. You know, I'm definitely giving them all the credit for that. But I just think, you know, Chicago did a much better job, even like other cities. Like, you know, D.C. definitely, I think, had a ridiculous amount of people from all over the country. I think it was like a good twenty or 30,000 people from uh, the entire country went to D.C. to uh, protest. But St. Louis, man, like, the problem I have with St. Louis when they protest is that they don't, they always have to announce it last minute. They don't plan it in advance, so whoever the promoter is, whoever the promoters are for trying to promote these protests, I'm just going to say this, and I'm not trying to be ignorant, but you got to do a better job at planning these events. You cannot announce these events last minute.
0: Uh, yeah, social calls. uh events always kind of... I
1: ain't going to say it's just here, because it's in other cities. No, of course. I'm just saying, like, living here. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, living here in St. Louis, because I think the most... Like, I think the first day... Um, after that happened, I think only like a thousand people showed up for that. Mm. But after that, like there there were other protests, you know, for a couple of days after that, they got smaller and smaller. Like I remember protesting in the Del Mar loop also a couple of uh, days after that, but only like, probably not even a couple hundred showed up for that.
0: Yeah. I know of, uh, some of the events I've been to uh, haven't really been really big on the mobilization part, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's kind of, that
3: thing. I mean, I don't know who's organizing yeah. them. I don't ever really follow up. But I need to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a favorite social cause you care about?
1: Honestly, bro. Like the only social cause right now, honestly, is honestly the Black Lives Matter movement. Those who are peacefully protesting yeah. right now, because um, you know, like I said, you know, we talked about this before, on and off there. But St. Louis is. One of the most uh, segregated cities in the world, not just in the U.S. but in the world, and uh, we were at the murder capital for a minute until people think it's a good thing. But New Orleans actually took over uh, this year.
0: I ain't happy about none of it. I'm not gonna lie. When I was younger, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we got that murder cap. I, I was ignorant. I didn't know, like gay <laughs> bodies. But no, like, no. When you get older and you start understanding what's really going on, yeah. When you like, I mean, really, what's going on? now but they put in the news. Like you outside on the foot on the ground. Like, man, this is so stupid, but uh, sad and stupid. Uh, right. I think I think my focus right now is mainly on like uh, mm-hmm. missing black people, right? Missing and endangered black people. That's kind of what I'm, I'm I'm leaning towards. I think that's yeah. something that uh we get all looking to mm-hmm. a little bit more because it's a lot of mysterious things going on around that, right? Um.
1: You know, I just want to oh, yeah. I, mean, I just want to say this too. Like, This is
0: Bobby's world, bro. You're really supposed to be talking.
1: No, I know. <laughs> no, but like, um, you know, I've always been around black people the most. You know, my uncle, my uncle, who's actually a father figure to me, who I told you about, shout out to uh, my uncle, uh, Ryan Safi. He actually, he actually exposed me uh, to the hood at a very young age, at about four or five years old. And I'm saying exposing, he actually like drove me around a few times and even told me like, you know, hey, I don't want you to end up doing this or doing that. And that was just a lot of, uh, I'll never forget it because that's when I first got exposed to how, basically how blessed we are. Yeah. You know, even though I didn't grow up, uh, I'm not gonna say I grew up, you know, in humble beginnings, but like, you know, I lived in a comfortable environment, but at the same time, you know, we could have done better for ourselves. If that makes any, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: um
0: this is the uncle that, the uncle that owned the Goody Goody, right?
1: Yeah. Well, he okay. did, but unfortunately, Goody Goody, uh, burned down. burned down. It was a, definitely a landmark. For a lot of people, Joe Biden went there. Some of the, some famous celebrities went there. I forgot who, but it was a lot of Joe famous Biden. people who went. Yeah, Joe Biden went there. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I'm not going to comment. comment. I'm not going to comment Government Don't that. come after no, me. No, I'm, I'm not going to an say extre- anything political. I'm not an extremist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, um, I've never really had any um, people of my own race as friends. I mean, I got my cousins, yeah. of course, but like, I never really grew up. I've always been a spiritual person. I've never been really religious. And, uh, yeah, man, just, uh, I've always been around black people my whole life. I mean, I got white people I talk to who I work with and I get along with fine, but I don't know. It's just like, I've just coming up from like a different environment and just my habits and stuff and being around you. <laughs> I'm just joking. So you said that like no. that was a
0: bad influence. No, I'm just playing. Still ain't got him hired, Get him to drink anything. I ain't <laughs> even tried to get him higher. Get him to drink no, anything. No, but
1: in all honesty, man, I'm just blessed to be, uh, where I'm at right now, you know, cause I, you know I have a, an associates and bachelor's degree. I got a I got a good paying job, but um eventually, you know, obviously our goal is to make this full-time. For us, yeah. we're hustling our way up there. Yeah,
0: man. I'm uh I, I you know, I don't really like to say I want to be like somebody, but shout out to Gillian Wallow, man. Million dollars worth of game is 100 million dollars now, man. They signed it with Barstool and it was motivation because I they posted Wallow's video um showing him i think a few days after he had originally came home from prison and he said it then he said i'm gonna take the game that i got while i was in prison he had it written all out in a notebook and he was uh he stayed to it he said he took a thousand dollars that he had to his name at that time from uh i guess he had saved it up at some point it's the video i'm talking about he said i'm gonna take the thousand dollars right there i'm gonna build generational wealth he said i'm gonna turn that thousand dollars into a uh, hundred thousand i'm gonna turn that hundred thousand into a million mm-hmm. i'm gonna turn that million into a hundred million and look what happened now manifestation yeah. it, i hate but yeah, you know, I, I don't i don't like saying hey my mom told me not to say hate, but uh I, I don't, i'm not a big fan of like spirituality in like the whole sense of it if mm-hmm. that makes sense i'm not yeah i got you i believe in it to a degree i believe in everything mm-hmm. with a bit of skepticism meaning i believe in it and i don't even like to say skepticism i
1: I get what you're saying. Kind of like
0: moderation. I believe in everything you. in moderation. Right, I take right. everything with a grain of salt. Right. Uh, but I do believe you can, you have to actively work towards what you want in to manifest. You have to think about it every day. And apparently he thought about it every day. Him and, him and Gillian. look what they got now. So one day you're going to see us on some billboards. And I promise it won't forbid for no crimes, none of that, no bank robberies. <laughs> this ain't going to be one of them situations. This ain't Darius Miles or none of that. We're going to be swagged out. <laughs> I don't know about the. Uh, if I have to dress like Bobby. Well, he dressed nice at his wedding. His wedding was really, really nice.
1: Oh, no, I appreciate that.
0: God, that wedding was dope, bro. I appreciate I that. I remember the little dance you was doing. I got like, you. Y'all was hopping. Hey, that shit was fire. <laughs> then they hired some dancers or whatever to come in. They was killing it, bro.
1: Yeah, man, The little shout. music.
0: I ain't going to try to make, mimic the music because I don't want to <laughs> offend nobody.
1: But... <laughs> just, just like that A Rab Money remix that you were doing. <laughs>
0: I said to myself when I was yeah. sitting, I'm like, what if they start playing a rap money at this wedding? Do you know how I am to get up and act the fool? <laughs> but uh his wedding was nice, man. It was big, it was yeah. cool, his family was really nice. Mm-hmm. Everybody there was uh, enjoyable to be around.
1: Yep, been married for two and a half years, man. Um oh, yeah. blessed. Queen Aya. Queen Aya. Shot Love You baby.
0: I ain't even finally like acknowledge that I'm single, so I ain't got time to be doing all this lovey dovey stuff. You know, I'm out here in these streets um st louis i just want y'all to know all the women in st louis i will not be dating none of y'all no more um i'm sick of y'all i'm sick of the dating pool it's some piss in the dating pool somebody peed in the pool and i, I don't wanna, i don't want nothing to do with this no more bro i'm over i'm so over this bro it's just so weird now i don't know how to be single that's my problem i don't know how to be single
1: true i was single until i met Aya remember that I, yeah see that that's, see uh, my confidence see my, that was another thing too about me my confidence was really low
0: like i don't know how to be single i just like i don't know how to get up and go out and meet people like i was just realizing like i don't know how to make friends like i feel like well, all here, my friends i found my way to y'all mm-hmm. and then i just got stuck with like y'all got, got yeah stuck with me. that's how i that's I'm how like, i was yeah i don't know how like yeah. literally make somebody a friend right because one i got i really do got real deal trust issues but it's not even like super heightened or anything is you know it was like what we talked about earlier you know everybody you don't never know what their motive is so right. I have to I'll be keeping that in mind I'm maybe a little too much but uh Bobby's been married yes he's a run back of that window bro that, that butter
1: chicken or whatever y'all have no it was um it was it was like chicken stuff with like uh, broccoli and I think there was like this cheese sauce in it. I don't know what it, it was. It was fire though. This I remember the fat that.
0: fat portion. I'm finna that shit. Man.
1: It was fire. Yeah. It was fire. I'm not even gonna lie to you.
0: Because <laughs> my girlfriend at the time was like, that, that, that shit was delicioso.
1: Yeah, it was fire. Uh, man, to yeah, be honest, I had, a, game, I, had, missed. I had a too. long day that day too. I was up from like, I was probably up from like, 8 or 9 a.m. I didn't go to sleep till like midnight or 1 in the morning.
0: I just want everybody to know when it comes time to my wedding, it's over with that reception is my time to shine all my singing skills my rap skills my dancing skills mm-hmm. are gonna come out I am multifaceted in this world mm-hmm. Bobby let loose with the dance moves that day though oh, I could dance. His face was naked too he ain't had no beard or none of that But, uh, since we going into this next segment, you know what? I'm just going to bombard your ass now. I ain't saying nothing.
1: I've said a lot, man. You know, I've said a lot.
0: But since you just, I'm going to put your ass on blast. Since you just texted me this (laughs) shit. (laughs) Jay-Z or
1: Nas, bro? Uh, As far as what? Just Overall. Overall. I'm gonna say Jay Z, um, just just simply because of his um, of his hustle, um, you know, being a billionaire, you know, helping other people out. But um, as an artist overall, in terms of lyricism, definitely Nas nice on that one.
0: Yes, sir. Ooh, Fifty or Ti? Was, I asked this because they came out the same year.
1: Yeah, they did. Well, TI exactly had been out for a minute, but I, th- I think TI came out before Fifty. Yeah, he had been out yeah. for a minute,
0: but two thousand
1: and three. Two thousand three. Yeah,
0: maybe. they were like really on their shit. They dropped classics. And they dropped classics. Yeah, so Fifty yep. or TI.
1: Man, you got me on that one, man. Um, I'm gonna go with Fifty because he did mm-hmm. drop one of the greatest albums of all time, Get Rich or Die Trying, which is a top five hip hop album of mine. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Fifty on that one.
0: I think I would take fifty two.
1: Shout out to Ti though. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Ti. Ti
0: was my favorite rapper for a long time. Yep, still is one of my favorite artists.
1: He um, he definitely took over uh, the mid two thousands along with Wayne and like Kanye. Yeah, as well. So,
0: ooh, got another good
1: one. Mm-hmm.
3: Southern hip hop duos. Mm-hmm. Outcast or UGK.
1: Huge fan of both of them. You know, I'm going to say RIP to Pimp C. I'm going to go with Outkast just simply because you cannot deny Andre's lyricism. Andre Andre 3000 is actually one of my all-time favorite, favorite artists in the game right now. And I have a list of my top 20 um, hip-hop artists that are alive and Andre's on there. Okay. So, I'm going to go with Outcast on that one. Shout out to Big Boy, too, man. And uh, Bun B.
3: West Coast. Snoop. Or Dre? You know what? Um, let me go back to that. Okay. Let me redo that one Cube or Snoop? Cube. Okay.
1: I just think he has a better uh he just he's just I think I mean shout out to Snoop. Snoop dropped one of the greatest West Coast debut albums, uh doggy style. Yes sir. But as an artist overall, still got I, I I got Cube. I still got cube on that one. Cube is just a. Cube is uh I just like his um, delivery.
0: Yeah, Cube is uh definitely a
3: profound artist in my opinion. Um mm-hmm. This generation. Okay. Kendrick What a game. Definitely Kendrick. I got I'm going to give I'm going to give it to Kendrick on that one. Okay. Ooh. What sound do you prefer me when it comes to music? Southern
1: West Coast?
0: Like, classic boom bap East Coast style.
1: You know what's funny, bro? Like, none of my... This is gonna be a random fact, but none of uh... None of my... I don't have any southern rappers in my top ten of like Dead or Alive of all time. Really? Um, which is crazy. Like, I mean, I do have Crit, like, as the top five I listen to right now, but when I'm talking about like, you know, my top ten of all time, like, I know I mentioned uh... Eminem, Jay-Z, Nas, Pac, and Biggie. But my other five, who I would add to that, would be like Rakim, Royce the 5'9", King Crooked, Black Thought, and Big L. And if you notice, none of them are Southern hip-hop artists. Yeah. But I do listen to Southern hip-hop the most, so I am going to go with um, Southern hip-hop on that one.
3: Lil Baby or 21 Savage?
1: Man, Lil Baby or 21 Savage?
0: Two pivotal characters in Atlanta. Yeah,
1: for sure. Two very Lil, Lil Baby's got a really, really big future ahead of him. He actually had just had the number one album of the week. He sold over 200,000, which is his biggest uh, first week numbers. But um, to be honest, though, I'm going to go with 21 Savage because I feel, I feel like now he's reached that uh, veteran status. So I'm definitely going to say 21 Savage on that one. That was a tough one right there. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I I, I fucked that baby
1: album. Yeah, that baby album was nice. Shout out to little baby. I didn't know how he would do on like a whole,
0: whole album. Because I don't
1: think This wasn't on debut, was it? No, I think this was his third album, actually.
0: Yeah, I I remember the first one, but...
1: Yeah, the first... No, yeah. I
0: don't, because that's the reason why I thought this was a debut. It was the second one.
1: Yeah, the first one was uh the the first one was uh harder. That was one uh it had a yes indeed with Drake.
0: That was my song for like three weeks.
1: That song was a hit.
0: That shit stayed in my head while I was working out of doing that. I, I think it's
1: almost going to be diamond pretty soon. <sighs> Streaming. Stream it.
0: How do you feel about the current state though, with like music being? Easily accessible, but not even just easily accessible. The metrics by which you know our artist is measured or kept track of nowadays, or standards they're held to. Would you say they, you know, we obviously know they changed mm-hmm. from a lot of artists that we grew up with uh, to now. Do you like the whole idea of streaming, or do you still prefer it to be by units?
1: I mean, actual copies, and so with me personally, man, and. Uh... I mean, technology is always going to change.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I I can't imagine what it's going to be like 10, 15, 20 years from now. You know, streaming is good, you know, in terms of the artist making, you know, income. But I miss, I still miss the days where you buy albums. I mean, vinyls now are like the closest thing you can get to that, I feel like. But, I mean, if streaming is going to benefit an artist even more, and... Then I say I'm cool with it, but at the same time, it's like I miss the days of growing up and buying, like, a CD. Like, because I used to be so hyped, like, oh, my God, you know, I got to get that Lil Wayne album. I got to get that 50 album. I got to get that Eminem album, T.I.'s album, yeah. Ace Hood's album. <laughs> but um,
0: it felt good to have something tangible. Exactly. Physically tangible
1: yeah, that's why I, yeah, that's why I started collecting vinyls um, over a year and a half ago, because it just brought me back to that. Just brought me back so many uh, childhood memories. But I have no problem. I use Apple Music whenever I'm driving, you know, listening to music. But, uh,
0: I mean, yeah, you know, if I, you're in the car. Yeah. Or, like, out. It's cool. Right. But I still, like you said, the vinyls and.
1: Just having some, like, because you, you, you know, you might get an autograph or yeah, something. True. Yeah.
0: That's there, that's there. There's definitely that possibility. Um,
1: which I need to order that Gutta album on vinyl. So whenever I see Ace Hood again, he can sign it for me. Definitely. That's something I'm, uh, trying to go for right now. I got to order that pretty soon
3: do you think i
0: mean totally overall how do you feel about streaming do you think it gives artists more of an advantage now
1: to earn more i think it's a blessing and a curse to be honest because you know streaming like i said it gives an artist an extra you know extra income you know, even though it's not a whole lot, especially if you're signed to a record label. Sure. But um, the only thing I don't like about it is that it's so much easier for an artist to go, like, gold or platinum with their albums yeah. when it comes to streaming because, and I feel like, I'm not going to name any it specifically, but I think some of these artists don't deserve to have a gold or platinum plaque because, you know, think about, like, how hard, like, in the golden age of hip-hop, like Nas, like what they had to go through, like what Nas, Jay-Z, even Eminem, you know, in the beginning stages of their career, what they had to go through in order to get to that point. You know, some of these artists, it took them years to have their first gold or platinum plaque, but now it's like with all these current artists, it's so much, it's so much easier for them to just get it. Like NBA Youngboy, for example. I bet you if NBA Youngboy, and I have no disrespect towards him whatsoever, I mean, he's doing his thing, he's probably, besides Drake, he's probably the most successful artist right now. I think he's actually the second most streamed artist of the year, from what uh from my research.
0: Yeah, I think the top three, but right now, him, baby, and Drake.
1: You might be right on that, yeah. But I felt like I, but there's some things where, like, if NBA, like if NBA YoungBoy blew up fifteen, twenty years ago, he probably, I, I personally feel like and I'm not trying to hate on him or anything, because I'm a, I'm a fan of him personally, but I feel like he. Wouldn't be as big as he is now.
2: Okay.
1: That's the blessing part of. I mean, that's the good part about streaming too. Is like I feel like it reaches out a wider audience. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm.
0: I think what I'm, what I also was trying to like dive a little bit more into. I, I wound up kind of finding the words while you were talking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Would you say that it allows artists nowadays, and not just the bigger names, is all artists that you hear about from wherever they're from or however many you hear about? Uh, would you say it allows them to just put out any type of music? And it, it's easily, you know, it has a wide reach automatically. So my example, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you know like PGF Nuke or Rallo Rodriguez who signed some baby's label, mm-hmm. but you know, all the uh, rappers that tend to talk about things that ain't so good, but you know, or people who ain't really, in my opinion, on Up that level, to par yeah. On that level, it yeah. just makes it allows them to put out any type of music. It's made things easier. Do you feel like it's just made it so much easier to put anything out? People call it music.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Especially with what uh what the youth is listening to right now. Hell yeah. I think uh yeah. I mean that definitely, that's that's a yes that's uh a lot to that of one. Dudes is garbage. Yeah, I agree. But you know what though, I look at it like this though, and um, I mean if this is doing something that's providing. For their family and making money, then k- kudos to them. I mean, that's the only thing I could say about that.
0: Uh, I rather them. I mean, I rather you put out whack music than be out shooting people. But
1: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I just, uh you know, personally, I just feel like streaming. Um, it definitely has opened uh, up a gateway for people to put out one, Less creative music, though.
1: Right. One thing I would like to see though is I would like to, I would like to see these younger artists who don't have as much experience collab with artists that are considered like veterans. Yeah, I would like to see that because I think that would help them. I think those veterans would uh, teach those younger artists you know what, what they need to work on or like what they should do to elevate themselves.
0: I think gapping that bridge would help too. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely uh like the approach that Drake has kinda taken and you know you have yeah. to see it with Kendrick now, um, Cole as well. Mm-hmm. Especially with Twenty One Savage, you can definitely see like how some of those people are rubbed off on him. Right. Like he stepped up his bars definitely from when he first started. Uh and shit, look at him now. He about to drop this EP or this album with uh, Drake.
1: Yeah, we just found out yesterday.
0: I wonder how that's going to sound.
1: You think it's going to be big? I think so because their previous collaborations were huge. Uh, So I'm expecting... I've always wanted a Drake and 21 Savage collab album. How is it going to sound? That's going to that's be interesting. So I don't know what to expect, but I know I'm going to bump it when it comes out. I feel like we're going to get that streak. It's not going to be trap more trap. I will say that.
0: Yeah. It's going to be like trap Drizzy. I don't know why the hell there's a trap Drake. But uh, he ain't never set foot in the trap at all. <laughs> I don't know what that man did. He probably did it to get in character when he was playing Jimmy. But uh, <laughs> I don't
1: know. You never know. You're like Charmaine the God right now.
0: Hey, you know what? I think low-key as I go on, I'm looking to see if there's people gonna start saying it I'm not even trying it so whoever says that I'm like I'm really gonna pull up and fight you because I don't want to be a shock jock then again because I don't like drama I couldn't imagine saying something that's gonna get us into a beef never mind that might happen I might say something to ruffle somebody's feathers you're gonna be be like you're gonna be like
1: one of those uh fans like can you please fight me
0: (laughs) I mean but who the hell gonna fight me I don't fight I ain't no tough dude. I ain't never prepared <laughs> to be a tough dude. I don't like fighting, bro. I, I sure, just, he was uh, a tough
1: dude against Meek Mill. Man,
0: Meek did himself a great disservice with even attempting that. On a social scale, Meek <laughs> Mill, you not, on a social scale, can't no artist touch Drake right now.
1: Oh, no. Drake is the. He
0: bi- got the women in the headlock. As long as you hey, got women in the headlock, you're, you're good. You're good. That's the only thing that matters. If you get the women in the headlights. every
1: lot, bro, almost it's over with. everything he drops, it, it breaks records somehow. I think just today, I think he had the most number one, most number ones on like the U.S. I don't know, it's U.S. number rhythm, like for, like the first artist who had forty number one, like rhythm hits or whatever they call it on the charts.
0: And this is where my Drake Hayden come in. I'm Cole. I'm a Cole Stan.
1: Hey, J. Cole. Shout to J. Cole.
0: But then again, you know Cole ain't one of the people that feels the need to be having all that validation. He's he knows he's perfectly good at what he does.
1: Uh, we got to meet J. Cole. Oh, we got to meet J. Cole. We went to that KOD tour. That was a that was a top three concert of mine.
0: Bobby had us out there in uh, Chicago.
1: Shout out to Chicago.
0: Eating sandwiches and shit. Bobby had an addiction to sandwiches. Yeah, I still do. That. I he still addiction do. To
1: Subway. I still do.
0: Tell you what, this dude did. He before he comes over before one show he decides to eat chipotle and subway
1: yeah that was uh that was the last episode we that's why did.
0: we also called the garbage disposal
1: that was my sister who called me that <laughs> yeah that was my oldest sister who called me that
0: because who the hell bro i'm fat and i can't do that i'd be too worried about doing that shit
1: bro i was hungry i was hungry when i ate, uh when i had chipotle and uh subway that day but i had coupons though so that was a good thing chipotle or qdoba oh chipotle but I like Qdoba though. I, have no, I don't want any problems. Firehouse with any problem. or Subway. Firehouse. Use a son of a biscuit. What? Firehouse. Really? Firehouse. I like Firehouse better than Subway. Oh. I think it's better quality.
0: All right. Firehouse or Jimmy John's.
1: Oh, Firehouse.
0: Thank you, because Jimmy John's is disgusting. I
1: just had Jimmy John's yesterday, actually.
0: What in the world is wrong with you for frequent? Because I had a ten percent.
1: I had a ten percent cash back thing. I want. I thought I'd make Jimmy money. Jimmy
0: John's got the same sandwich in sixteen different variations. Of the same
1: thing. The only thing I don't like about Jimmy John's, though, I mean, Jimmy, I don't have a problem with Jimmy John's. The only thing I don't like about it is like when you want wheat bread, it has to be sliced. It can't be like an actual sub. Really? Uh huh.
0: What, they got a shortage on wheat bread or something? I
1: don't know what they got. <laughs>
0: I'm going to have to try Jersey Mike because I haven't been there yet.
1: I, I went there uh, for the first time a couple of uh, months ago on a date night with the wifey. It was pretty good. I was impressed. I'm gonna... I want a
0: sub in the tub. That's the only reason why I want to go there.
1: Hey, yeah, that, that could be an episode of our sub, sub in the, the tub. tub. Yeah, <laughs> talking about our experience eating a sandwich in the tub.
0: Sandwich in the tub. Yep. So, all right, witch, witch, or a uh, firehouse? Yeah, I knew you was gonna rub your damn beard on that one. <laughs> um. So that's all we ate. Literally, <laughs> we, did. we didn't.
1: <laughs> Bro, we were trying to go to that Japanese restaurant downtown, but they were so full. Remember that? Bro,
0: downtown was packed. That that's night, what I
1: know. Man. I didn't want Subway, but like there was no other choice but to eat Subway that God night. God damn, this it shit was on bad. a Friday night at 11 p.m. We were walking around downtown. Oh. There was nowhere to eat, and it was so packed. packed.
0: Every place was packed.
1: But shout out to Chicago, man. I yeah, love this y'all. This was
0: pre-pandemic. This was two years before the pandemic. Oh yeah, this was like
1: yeah, like a year and a half, two years. Yeah, you're right. But um, oh you said uh, firehouse or witch witch? Yeah, I'm gonna go with a uh, witch witch on that one. I don't. I don't eat. I don't eat as often, but it's better because they make bigger sandwiches. Okay. They're both delicious, though. Uh, oh, I got a good
3: one. I'm trying to... Let's see. Anything sports related? I don't know. We don't ever really
0: talk sports a lot. You got a favorite basketball team?
1: You know what? Honestly, the only. The only basketball teams I really – because LeBron James is actually my favorite oh, basketball right. player. You're one of them dudes. Yeah, I am. Jesus uh, Christ! I mean, the Miami Heat was my favorite for a while because LeBron James uh, was on the there. Team LeBron. Is <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that was pretty much fan, how it was. Okay, yeah. What
0: the fuck? <laughs> I'm a LeBron James stan,
1: bro. Like,
0: I right, I feel it because I think he is uh, one of the greatest players of all yeah. time. He's going to definitely go down to history. Uh, is that and I and he's right. He's earned it right. I'm a Kobe fan always. R.I.P. to Kobe. Always man. gonna be a my R.I.P. to Kobe. My tattoo gonna be insane.
1: R.I.P. to Kobe. But man.
0: uh, it's gonna always be Kobe. Kobe laying over here. I'm always be a Lakers fan. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how trash we playing, win, lose or draw, baby. <laughs> I'm like a Knicks fan. I don't care if we lose or not. I'm going. We, we got to get Westbrook. About we
1: got to go to the Kobe mural in L.A. We got to go to L.A. Period. Oh, yeah, well, that's gonna be our goal next summer.
0: I'm trying to crit walk everywhere.
1: You gotta see Nipsey's mural too. That one's a man. That Nipsey man was also another one of my current favorite artists. That's who I forgot.
0: I was definitely gonna say like uh, Nipsey or uh, I don't know who would be somebody you can like put on the side of him though. That could easily fit on the side of him. I mean Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean I could have said like Nipsey or Schoolboy Q. Oh
1: for me Nipsey. I like I like Schoolboy Q too, but I- I'm going with Nipsey on that one because I could relate to Nipsey more.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I like Schoolboy Q.
1: No, shout out to like Schoolboy Q. Q. I mean, he's like he's a talented. Um, he's one of my favorites from uh, TDE. Yeah, I like his music
0: a lot. Uh,
1: but I I'm, I'm-, I'm gonna take Nipsey. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think Nipsey Nipsey would have been. I think Nipsey definitely had the potential to be one of. He would have been. I think if he was still alive to this day, he would he would have been one of the most talked about artists. I feel like
0: if we could give a rapper back,
1: mm-hmm. to
0: get a rapper back,
1: like back to life, yeah, okay.
0: Who would you give, and who would you want
1: back in return? So like, not under-
0: between it. I mean, you could just pick
1: any two random. Like just any two randoms back. If you
0: wanted to get Nip back, who would you give to get Nip back? If you wanted Pac back, like, who would you give to get Pac back?
1: So you're saying give like giving a rap like tr- like trading, basically. Like trading. Okay. Yeah. Man. Like giving they say if they, if we give my, This is gonna be so evil I mean, I think you know what I'm about to say. What? If I could bring Nip back. You'll get a game. No, actually, you know you know who I would say? I would say Takashi.
0: He ain't a rapper. We don't even talk about Oh, I, him. I think man, like I think
1: he meant like artists in general.
0: Takashi snitch
1: nine. I, I would i would dying. i would trade I would trade like i would <laughs> I would send Takashi
0: you, you know that. i'm not not'm not, I'm not, I'm hey, not I'm, evil at all I'm, no
1: I'm not gonna be evil, but i would I would send Takashi straight to hell so then you know nips nip could come back, but okay, if you want to talk about rapper wise I would say game
0: yeah i'll give the game I'll, I'll game
1: give right it to now, the game, so but I'm sorry, man Takashi was just like on the top of my list though if I could <laughs> trade yeah, I could trade Takashi for anybody honestly
0: I'd get a game up if we can give uh Matter of fact, you know what? I'm just going to say this and y'all ain't going to like it. I definitely, you know what? I give Kanye if we can get Nip and Sentacion back. What about Pop? I, even better. I, okay. I will That'd definitely be- give. Matter of fact, throw in the game. You can take the game and uh, Kanye to give me uh, Pop and Nip back. I'll yeah. take them because I still want to see how Pop Karuba would have turned out.
1: Me too, man. That that one took a toll on me. And I did visit a Pops I did visit a pop smoke's mural when I was in New York earlier this year. That was some class I, A bullshit. Yeah, I went to his hometown in uh, Canarsie, in Brooklyn. I saw Big L's mural too. I sent you those pictures too when I went yeah. over there. That was pretty. That was definitely an unforgettable experience.
0: Everybody, but uh, shout out to my Puerto Ricans. You know what I'm saying? My Boricos. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, he he skipped over a big pun, so. When we tap into that market, I just want y'all to know, you punch the light-skinned guy, not me. <laughs> when we
1: go to New York. <laughs> you never been, have you? Ah, oh, man, I ain't yeah. never been to New York. I'm trying it's, to get to travel. It's traveling. really, cool. It's really cool, man.
0: I think I'm going to go next year. I'm going to go, like, right before the summer hits. Right before we go, like, not right before we go to LA, but right before the summer hits. I'm going to take some time off, and I'm going to try to Yeah, man. I got New so New many York. places
1: you got to go to.
3: Ooh. Steak or chicken?
1: I eat more chicken, but I love steak, too. So, But I'm going to say chicken, though. You a coffee drinker? Once in a while, not often. I mean, I, okay. I. mean, the only coffee I really drink, if I decide to treat myself, is like, I'll go to, like, Starbucks, get, like, an ice-cold sugar-free vanilla latte or something.
0: Ooh, have you tried uh, Scooters? No, I haven't. Yeah, if you ever get a chance and you come in from work, take Paige and go to Scooters. Okay. Scooters is supposedly really, really nice. I know Chelsea likes it. I, I ain't really diving into because I can't have caffeine. Mm-hmm. Every time I pull up to Starbucks, I already know what's popping. Like, <laughs> give me exactly what I'm going to ask for, but without coffee in it because <laughs> I do not need my brain going crazy right now. Caffeine sucks
3: for anxiety. Uh... Alright, another. Who would you give to get back?
1: Another one? East Coast. Rappers. Oh, East Coast. Man. I would want to bring Big L back. Okay. I would... Man, who would I give for that one, though? Does that be an East Coast rapper specifically? Yeah. Okay. Man, that's tough.
3: If I had to give an East Coast rapper to bring Big L back, I would give... Man, there's
1: actually two from the East Coast I'd bring back, but I'm going to pick Big L because he's higher ranked. He's actually in my top 10 of all time. But if I had to give... If I had to, I wouldn't pick, I'm I pick. trying to pick up somebody nice, though, who I would give. Because I'm the East Coast. I'm a huge fan of the East Coast, and I not think I have a... I would say if I had to give... Who would I trade? I would actually... This is going to sound... Pretty controversial. But if I had to do a fair trade to bring back a Big L, and I'm not, and I do not hate this artist at all, I would trade in West Side Gun for Big L.
0: Whoa. Really?
1: The reason, I mean, I'm a huge fan of West Side Gun. Do not get me wrong. Cause I don't hate any, I don't, really, I don't think I really hate any, I'm, I don't think I could say I'm not a big fan of any East Coast artist, bro. Like, for real. Cause I'm a big fan of the East. Like, but like, it's just so hard. I don't think I really. You know what? I take that back. We definitely do need to have West um, Saigon. Gun. You know who I was gonna say? I was I was gonna say Immortal Technique because he hasn't released a project in a while.
0: Yeah, we can definitely give up. I, I would say I mean I'm I'm a, oh, I'm a fan of hell? Immortal
1: Technique, but uh, I would I would say that would be the that would be a trade. But
0: anybody out there who knows who Immortal Technique is, if you see him tweet, Facebook post. I don't care if it's on Reddit. Hell, he could take it all the way back to Bebo. Yeah. If he say anything about the Middle
1: Passage, we need that album. Soccer
0: but... pun- soccer, falcon punch him in the coochie. Jesus. I'm sick of that. Yeah, I but I would... For
1: the other artist I was gonna, that I would want to bring back is DMX. And I didn't mention this on the first episode, but I was blessed to see him perform like a couple years before he passed away.
0: You lucky duck.
1: I, uh, I forgot to mention that on the very first episode, Hustle City Heroes, yeah. because I remember you said that I think him and Nipsey were the two that you really wanted to see, but they, yeah. but I saw, I wanted to, man, I'm still guilty of not going, just traveling to see Nipsey after Victory Lap came out.
0: Yeah, man. I wanted to go to I wanted to go to Denver. So I
1: wanted bad. to go to Denver because I think that was actually the closest city.
0: I remember you sent me, I think you sent me information about that. Too, I think or, I did.
1: I'm like, I was, like saying, I was saying, you know what, bro? Honestly, I'm one of those guys that has, this is another weakness of mine because I don't think we ever really talked about my weaknesses, but um, I'm going to get to it. Like, my biggest, one of my biggest weaknesses is, like, the fear of failure. And another weakness of mine is, like, I'm I'm going to admit this right now, and my wife tells me this from time to time, that I'm so pessimistic <laughs> at times because, like, I'm always the type that things, like, I don't know, I always think, like, things are predictable because I had a feeling something was going to, I'm going to admit this right now, I had a feeling something was going to happen to nip. I'm like, if I don't go to the show, I'm going to regret it. And, like, I still regret it to this day.
0: So you mean to tell me we could have stopped this from happening? I could have had, like, 14 goons lined up, ready to shoot, boy. And you out here, you, so I, I knew it was now, somebody I, didn't, I knew.
1: I didn't expect, I didn't, now, Deathwood definitely was not something I expected. But I had a somebody feeling, knew something. I we at knew least the thought time, I, the minimum, okay, the, the minimal extreme, I guess you can call it, was I thought we wouldn't be getting a nip show for years after that victory lap tour.
0: I didn't I didn't think that at all. I thought I didn't think you know what? You know what's so crazy? And it happens every time with artists and not even just artists. It happens a lot with celebrities. Mm -hmm. Because I was when Kobe retired, I was like, I really hope we get to still see like his journey afterwards. My biggest thing in life is I love to see people's journey. Right. So I'm um I, I I don't know. I had a funny feeling something was gonna happen.
1: Yeah, and then like January
0: or maybe was it February when he died or what? No, he, he
1: died. It? Uh, I think he died. Uh, March. Or something. I don't remember. It was like late March, early April. I just remember. It was around, no, I think it was. Hold on. No, I think it was March thirty first is when he died. Okay, I just remember like,
0: I, it was crazy. The night before, I was up when I was looking up stats on NBA and all this. I was just looking at all these old stats that I had in my phone. And uh, the next day, all I, I wake up and start cleaning. All I hear is coming from the other room. My ex at the time, she says. Kobe Bryant just died. I was like, what you're fucking lying to me.
1: Man, 2020 was a
0: not like what the hell when but when that happened? Yeah. No, honestly, I knew something was about to happen crazy, and this might sound weird, mm-hmm. but I'm one of those people. Um here's the part of spirituality that I do believe in. I do believe some people have a gift to be sometimes, somewhat, if not clairvoyant. I'm not clairvoyant. I can't read your mind, I can't tell you exactly what's going but I know for a fact, since I was a kid, I've been clear alien. Which means <laughs> I can smell trouble and fear. It sounds weird. It does. It sounds weird. <laughs> but when I be around certain people, a certain scent will come around or come off a person and I can smell it and I know something ain't right about the person or they nervous. Yeah. And that's why if you come around me and you you know you're nervous and I crack a joke, I sensed that beforehand. But I knew when six 69 popped up, I knew it was over. <laughs> I knew it was over, because what happened
1: right before that? Exit I like guys. how you're karate chopping the table and right then, now.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I like
1: how you're karate chopping the table, just emphasizing that. I
0: was like, I knew it was over for the game for some reason. I'm like, everybody going to start coming Speaking up. Speaking of. and done, but no, nah, I'm just playing. Uh, no,
1: you're good. I want to say this, though, too, man. Like, in terms of putting respect on artist artist's name, and since this episode is specifically dedicated to Ace Hood, y'all need to put respect on that man's name, because that man deserves to be. In the conversation right now Like I said along with You know the Kendricks The Coles um, Even Simbas I feel know, like and, he and,
0: got the best flow though Coming out of Florida Oh bro he had the,
1: he I has, feel like he really he, His he flow has, is the best that I I've think he has in, Florida in, a while. in my honest opinion He has the most influential flow
0: I've never let that go, face Like I may have yeah. always paid attention to his music in the last uh, few years. Right,
1: you should go, go back to his, his catalog. But his flow,
0: is always, out of Florida, was always yeah. one of the things that caught my attention. Yeah, Because you didn't hear all this flowing like him coming out of oh, Florida no. until he came around. But um, I didn't get to ask you a uh, favorite Ace Hood song.
1: Favorite Ace Hood song, it would have to be... My favorite Ace Hood song would have to be... December 31st, off of uh, his Starvation 2 mixtape. Okay, okay. He went in with like. You know
0: what? I remember you constantly pushing me to listen to that album. That uh
1: mixtape. Starvation. That's 2. actually one of my favorite mixtapes. And that was the one I time. wanted to listen to. <laughs> that is. I would say, actually, before that, I would recommend you listening to Starvation 1.
0: Oh.
1: And Starvation 2, man. That. Yeah, Starvation 2 was one of my favorite mixtapes of all time. That was before. That was about six months before I think Trials and Tribulations came out. That was when he had I woke up in a new Bugatti. Bugatti. Yeah, with future. I, I
0: said that and I blinked and went to sleep and still woke up in a Monte Carlo. But whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to. I actually want to go in a Bugatti and see what it feels like.
0: I would love to have a Bugatti, but then again, I'm too paranoid. I th- this is the reason why <laughs> every time I get nice stuff i get hella paranoid I be like, somebody
1: you don't want to break it or not yeah this is
0: the reason why i got a gun because <laughs> i was like hey you ain't taking nothing for me, bro. if i come through the hood in something fast and nice i'm shooting i'm sorry yeah i'm shooting at somebody because you're not taking this bro mm-hmm. but um you talked about your childhood you talked about your earlier uh, you know life you talked about working you know with your father yeah. This is the profound effect that that ultimately had on your mental. You talked about your mental health. Um yeah. we got your top five a alive. We talked about your musical taste. Um we talked on your weaknesses a little bit, but yeah. I was gonna say, you know what, I didn't get a chance to ask you about that. What would you say some of your strengths are
1: though? Some of my strengths I like
0: for people to pay themselves. Yeah, first. no, I appreciate that. So that's my thing. Like sure. I I'm having to understand that in my life, I have a talk, I have to talk up to myself. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm the greatest. But I damn sure ain't mm-hmm. one of the weakest in none of that. So right, I right. feel like of course. What do you feel that Bobby Salem does best? What are your
1: strengths? I am definitely I would say my greatest strength um is being organized. Yeah. I would definitely say and part of that I think definitely has to make me actually it has to do with me being financially responsible. I feel like I always tell everybody you are my most
0: financially responsible friend. Yeah,
1: I'm blessed to have good credit so when people be like, what yeah. you trying
0: to do? I'm trying to get like Bobby
1: like I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be financially responsible. I'm blessed the fact that I can take care of my mom because unfortunately, you know, my parents are divorced. Yeah, but um, which was really which was another thing that was really hard for me to accept. And it wasn't that long ago, too. It was actually five years ago. They got a divorce. And um, which still feels like yesterday, to be honest. Because my dad, um, I haven't seen my dad in person in like six, seven months. But anyway, going back to um my strengths, uh, definitely financially responsible slash organized. I would say being able to I would say just being able to help people, like whenever they ask me for advice. I've noticed I've been doing that a lot since I was in um college. And I guess the third and final one I would say is honestly bro, just just staying healthy. Even yeah. though it's still kind of new to, even though it's kind of new to me, like eating healthier and all that. Yeah. You, know, making, mean, you I, lost a significant, significant
0: amount of weight. You,
1: you know what's you know what's crazy? I didn't actually say this earlier, but like it was because like when I was up until I was like sixteen I weighed I was I was in the obesity category and then but uh, I got, like, really skinny again. I mean, I, not again, but I got really, really skinny for the first time. Like, I really looked like a toothpick. And then, but then a few years later, when I wasn't as strict as when I was eating, I looked like Rob Kardashian. And I wasn't as big as I was when I was 16, but I was still, I, it was getting back to that. Yeah. And then at the time, my cousin, one of my cousins, she was actually um, getting married. And I, and I didn't want to buy, like, a husky, you know, suit to wear for a wedding. So I'm like, okay, I got to lose weight again. So I started, um, eating healthier again, but then I got, you know, I got like, um, I think I got under like one forty at one point, but then I didn't do as much cardio. Cardio was probably the thing that made me really thin. So I don't do as much cardio anymore. I just, you know, if I want to do something close to cardio, really, I just go for a walk. I don't like run as much. Okay. I mean, the thing that I do probably now, I do a lot of choreography now shot to my boy. Um, Daryl, my homegirl, Jazz. I
0: told you, all Bobby be out here dancing. Yeah,
1: I do a lot he of. He into this. Hey, show. Ace, if then. you need me in a music video, do some choreography with a couple yeah, of homies. I be
0: twerking somewhere in the back of a. Uh, I ain't twerking. Don't. I
1: was. I ain't no this? lesbian. I'm I I ain't no female lesbian.
0: That's weird. So what are you then? Because if you ain't no lesbian, that means you're no, no,
1: no, no. Listen, I, I'm not nah, a fe- no. listen, nah, I'm not. Man. I'm not a female lesbian.
0: I am a male. I'm a proud male
1: lesbian. I I am hey, a proud. Did male you hear what I just? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear what I just said? I said what? I'm not a female you're lesbian. Not a lesbian. Okay, you're not yeah. A I'm lesbian. not a
0: female lesbian. I'm a lesbian. I came out on uh, but, um, Facebook not that long ago, and I've been yeah. proud every since. I'm walking in my truth. I
1: am no, a lesbian. No, but I try to do some uh, body weight exercises you know okay. but, but um yeah i think those would be my three uh strengths just uh like i said organized organization financially responsible um eating better and just giving people advice i think would be my three um oh and actually you know what i would say this is, i would say a fourth strength of mine would be my work ethic a true hustler
0: yeah i do feel like you're a real good worker you're a real hard worker
1: mm-hmm. i've yeah, I try not to be late you know like I said like I said it goes with being organized
0: yeah I, um, I suck at organization um, I think I'm really really I'm working on that now though that's the reason why you got that box laying over there that's like every important tax paper filing paper anything I can is in one box
1: yeah just don't vacuum it up
0: <laughs> like that's gonna fit in a vacuum that'd be hilarious like a cartoon
1: no I'm saying like if your folder like fell out oh, yeah and yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah I definitely can't do that because I gotta file all these taxes I can't wait for tax paper to come out next year because mm-hmm. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching The government's gonna have to pay me finally <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah man this was today's episode bro
1: Yeah no I appreciate you man
0: well, I'm glad we did this Me too You know it's a good thing to be open mm-hmm. And vulnerable Not too dang on open though about something. some people be sharing stuff and i would be like I ain't even need to know that sir I ain't want no nothing about that why are you telling me this I remember one time I was in the uh, Grove and if you know what that area is like you know you know but it, I wasn't down like, I'm a lesbian just at the end of the day no I'm a lesbian I'm in the <laughs> area <laughs> and there was no lesbian activities going on that night so started uh, drinking a little bit at the bar went to a parlor Guy walks to me. We were talking about one of the old school pinball games, and out of nowhere, he gets to talking to me about how he likes to wear fishnets when no yeah. one's around. And I, 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 don't know why this happens to me. This just—I don't know what it is I'm giving off, but I'm gonna stop smiling. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm just gonna stop smiling when I be by myself. I'm just gonna get back to mugging people again. <laughs> every time you see me, just looking—I'm robbing you. I know I don't look like I'll rob you, but I'll rob you. I don't know. I probably won't. Yeah, I won't. I don't rob people. It's never been my thing. If I steal anything, it's small stuff. I know you ain't going to know what Nah, uh, man.
1: I don't want you to get pulled over again and joke about how um, you asked that cop if he was still a Ford Focus. I told
0: him. I was like, why would you? He pulled me over in my... Yeah, I told you the registration stuff. That yeah, my truck, yep. I was like, it's going to come back to nothing. But I was like, do you really think I would really forge some documents? Steal a car. The same car you got. Only knowing that it's going to go the same miles per hour that yours is going to go in order to put you on a high speed chase or anything. You said he died too. He started died. laughing when I was like, You know, I would have stole something fast because I'm gonna outrun
1: you. I'm not letting you catch me. Because he knew that that would be true, honestly. like, like I'm gonna, yeah. yeah, like yeah. I'm going to steal a Hellcat he or
0: something <laughs> if I'm going to steal a car. But no, um, my interactions with the police would be kind of funny. Cause I don't never really be having those moments with police like that. Shout out to some of the police. Shout out to the police that got into being a police because they specifically wanted to better and help the community. Not those police that just did this because they didn't know what they was going to do with their life and they a dick. <laughs> Cause I done ran into some officers that was just a complete and utter dick, but they couldn't get mad at me because I'm not finna give you what you want.
1: Oh, shout out to my father-in-law who's a, who's a sergeant for Franklin, Franklin County.
0: Oh, I thought you meant, okay, never mind, I'm not going to go there because I know I is going to hear this.
1: Yeah, shout <laughs> out to your uh,
0: father-in-law. I don't got no beef with cops. I don't like them like that, though. I just right, feel right. Like some of them are annoying. But then again, I couldn't say I, if I was a cop, I, I would like, be
1: annoying, though. You know, I feel like with cops, man, like, I think a lot of them, I'm not trying to defend them or anything like that, but I feel like a lot of them just have never been in it's the, in, yeah, exactly, and in interacting with, it's definitely a part of it.
0: Like, I feel like if you group your whole life around nothing but your own people, don't go into them type of fields until you've had some experience. Right, you gotta have experience. On a humanly level like right? everybody else. My whole thing is I'm gonna treat you like a human before I treat you like anything else. Exactly. You can be black, purple, pink, gray, or blue. You were human before you had all that color. Right. So I'm gonna treat you with respect regardless. But...
1: But they just better treat us with respect. You
0: gotta like, respect is where it's given. It needs to be given back. hmm Uh... I mean, you got anything you want to promote? Anything you gotta,
1: uh, yeah, man. you want to shout out? Man, um, you already know what it is, man. This was uh, the fourth episode of the Hustle City podcast. Um, I just want to say thank you, man, for allowing me to speak my story. Um, I know you learned some new stuff about me that you never thought you would have heard. And, and I'm going to
0: kick his ass for even thinking that shit was okay later on, though. I ain't going to do it right now.
1: Uh, try me. I, I was a green belt. Remember that? But uh, you was a green belt. Yeah, I, I, did wa- I did Taekwondo for a little bit, and I did Jujitsu. Yeah, you probably wouldn't keep up with me.
0: Yeah, now because I'm fat now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, like, I still got my kicks though.
1: Yeah, you probably, I still got them kicks. Probably can't lift your feet like a few feet, but that's hey, about hey, it. Hey, but hey, uh, hey. Nah, okay, no, okay, no, I'm just joking. But like, yeah, man, this was um, this is another successful episode of the Hustle City Podcast. We got a lot of things coming up. Um, we got the Hustle City Heroes EP coming out later on down the road you know what since he brought
0: that up (laughs) this is time for a plug right here um any stl artists (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i'm trying to be the dj of this motherfucker (laughs) except i'm not gonna rip y'all off or nothing like that i ain't even i don't know if you feel like when this is when that becomes time when it comes time for that if you feel like hopping on and giving the verse also city heroes ain't just us I'm thinking of all the artists I think in the city that do stuff for the city: Grease, Gutter, uh, T.W.O., Tev Poe, uh, Riley B, Bodine. Bates, Bodine. Um, yeah, you even got SmiNo, but we people that specifically here here, based out of here, and I know it's a lot more y'all. It's a couple other names I could have said, but oh, Saint O, Saint O, bro.
1: Rabu could I be our know, hype man. man
0: yeah Rabu I, I think all y'all are, that makes it, makes it make this possible yeah, are
1: please. Hustle City Heroes even though we'll be yeah, whack compared to that's y'all that's the reason yeah. why
0: there will be a Hustle City Heroes documentary at some point cause I need people to understand That'd be dope. what we got uh, going on
1: also there, uh, I just want to say man Asa thank you man like for the experience last, last week uh, thank you for hearing my story just being a genuine down earth dude um, definitely hope you hear this
0: and um one last thing before y- we go ahead and cut up out of this jump yep um to those who be asking about the episodes I kind of wanted to let y'all know for a second you right now we got episodes 1 and 2 out i'm going to be doing a little bit of uh technical work on the sounding for episode 3 um episode 4 will be out i can't exactly say when it's not going to mm-hmm. be a long time it's just i don't want to bombard you guys with a bunch of Episodes yet, right? You know, we just started. I want y'all to kind of get a feel for who we are,
2: mm.
0: um, what we got going on, and let you go for there to decide. And then, um, I'll make sure y'all at that point, but once we get everything moving and shaking away, we, we needed to be episodes to be out regularly, but it will probably yep. be like once every two weeks, maybe
1: mm-hmm.
0: for another episode. But, uh, yeah, but, um, Bobby has something to say. Yeah,
1: just, um, uh, I just wanted to add to that, you know, thank you all for your patience. Um, as you and I know, or some of you know, that the first episode is up, and from what I've heard, man, we got a lot of critical acclaim on it. So yeah,
0: feedback so far has been pretty good. It, so
1: yeah,
0: definitely seeing this happen in the future. So uh, yeah, soon we're gonna wake up in Bugattis, Bugattis. Yeah, Bugatti boys.
1: Hey, so Matter thank of fact, you. We're
0: gonna change our names. We Bugatti.
1: We we're gonna be Bugatti boys. I'll be the Rolls-Royce. It's going
0: to be the Bugatti Boys and Rolls-Royce Boys
1: podcast. The blair drivers.
0: What did Tyrese say?
1: He just said blair when they went to Dubai. Uh, and Fury 7, yeah, he just said blair when they went to Dubai. No,
0: something about Candy. What did he say? Oh, man, can, he said man Double candy. Alpha. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> Double Alpha. Double
0: Alpha <laughs> podcast. All right. You do know when we reach Double Alpha status. Yeah.
1: Because um,
0: I'm going back ass. But uh, this has been a another episode.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, once again, follow me on Twitter at Mahogany Mayhem. Um, you can look up Northside McLevin; it'll be me. I'm the only one from the Northside that call myself that. Anyway, um, Instagram three one four underscore yogi, Facebook. I'm not saying my real name. <laughs> uh, you know if you know, you know. Um, yeah, Bobby, you do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, follow me at Bobby underscore zero five one one or you can look up Bobby aka Mr. Five One One and y'all know what he does man this was another episode of the Hustle Study Podcast and man I appreciate you
0: we out ski <laughs>
3: Close mouths don't get fed on this boulevard. boulevard.